0: Hey, this is Bradley Chubb, and you're listening to The Snap. Hey, this is Cortland Sutton. Hey, this is Tim Patrick. And you're listening to The Snap, Snap with Sidney Jones on Broncos Podcast Network.
1: Yeah. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for this week's edition of The Snap. As always, I'm your host, Sidney Jones. The 2021 season is officially over for the Denver Broncos as they fell 28-24 to 24 against the Kansas City Chiefs in their season finale last Saturday. So, for this episode of the snap I have ESPN Deportes journalist and official member of the Broncos Spanish content team Rebecca Landa joining me today we will wrap up the 2021 season here discuss the team's search for a new head coach and of course get to know a little bit more about Rebecca's career Rebecca appreciate you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today so excited to talk to you again Me too. So excited to have met you this
0: past weekend at the Chiefs uh, Broncos game. I'm very excited and honored to be
1: here talking Broncos country with you. Thank you. Yes, Rebecca, like you mentioned, you worked as a sideline reporter for, you know, the Broncos final game here in Denver on Saturday. Then you flew straight to Indianapolis (laughs) for the national championship on Monday. I mean, what a crazy weekend week for you. Are, Are you finally getting some time to relax a little bit now? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Some time yes. To- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I got to work today and I'm going to be
0: working, uh, but I kind of work like two, three days a week. It's not that much. So I had time to rest yesterday and now it's a work day for me. But um, in general,
1: things are going to be slower now that the NFL season is about to end. Well, you certainly deserved it, Rebecca. I'm glad you had some time to yourself and, and were able to relax a little bit. But, you know, let's dive right into this season here. I mean, the Broncos, they finished with a losing record for the fifth year in a row, six year in a row, missing the playoffs. How do you, would you assess this 2021 season for the Broncos and just the overall product on the field this year? Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I feel
0: like it was – I'm going to be like straight up uh, with this. I feel like it was kind of a disappointment. And I guess it's that because we could tell how much talent there is on the field. Like we know uh, people that came in, George Payton brought them, but also the veterans, you know, Justin Simmons, all of the defensive players that have been uh, rocking that defense, even the offensive players. Uh, We got Melvin Gordon to play uh, pretty good this year except for like the last fumble that kind of uh, made everything uh, bad for us. But in general, I think we have a lot of talent on this group. The receivers, uh, we got Jerry Judy back. I mean, I think we had a very good team. And you could tell from the players, they also knew we had great talent on this team. I think it's important just to realize that there's a very strong base of talent, fundamentally strong Um but, yeah, I did think that we were going to do much better than we actually did. I think the fan base also. And it was just a hard season to watch, especially because of how we started. It was a 3-0. And then we got 3-4. and But then we beat the Dallas Cowboys with a great win. So you had, like, these moments of, like, hope, knowing that this team was that good. And then not seeing it come through, yeah, I, I felt it was a disappointment
1: you know, like you said, their foundation is here. You know, this team has a ton of talent and it's just kind of putting all those pieces together. Rebecca, for you, you know, watching the season unfold, what was the biggest area of concern that that you saw in the field this year? And how do you hope that the team kind of addresses that this off season?
0: Yeah, well, offensively, that was like my biggest struggle. I was there for the Washington game and I could not believe the time management at the end, uh, at the end of the game. I was like, I'm a player as well. So to me, that was disrespectful, I would say. And I know the team has already done something about it, which is not something that makes me happy, but I know it's an area of opportunity that George Payton is already working on. So that was my biggest concern. Also, like we got there into the red zone and we didn't have plays for the red zone. So you've traveled the whole field, you're already there, but you're not doing anything with it. So those were like this little moments where I felt It could be a big difference if we just learn time management as well as have like this place for special situations where you can just make big things out of nothing um in general that's i guess how i felt defensively i had no issues like i was so proud of the defense every week sometimes it's really hard to keep a defense like that when it's spending so much time on the field and i understand why like maybe in the fourth quarter we would we, we the other team would get like a big lead but that was always because the the defensive side was so tired so i could never really blame the defense i always felt like the offense was this the part where we needed to get better at
1: well this team you know they did suffer a ton of you know injuries this year to some key players we had covid outbreaks you know etc <laughs> We saw a ton of the rookies really step up and make an immediate impact this year. I mean, you got Pat Sertan, obviously, Javante Williams, but then you saw good yeah. minors step up. I mean, Jonathan Cooper, Caden Stearns, Baron Browning. I mean, I mean, the list goes on there. What really impressed you, Rebecca, about this rookie class this season and just their ability to, you know, come up and, and replace some, you know, veteran guys here? Yeah, I guess exactly that, that they had like
0: this character of competition where if a starting player was down, they could totally be the starter player to say the least. Like Javonta Williams, I was sometimes like, okay, he could be like first string running back without a doubt, you know? And then Pat Surtain obviously was first string uh, during the whole season. So in general, I thought the rookies that came in uh, were really good rookies. And I, I, I see that as, a, <laughs> as hope because I know that George Payton is completely doing his job and he's bringing talent into this uh, team and it was just a reflection of maybe the years to come because he's going to keep doing this and we're still going to get a lot of talent we're just going to build from what is there like we said there's a big base of fundamentals in general like even if some of the players are not rookies they're still very young so if you talk about like Jerry Judy or um, I know like the receiver corps in general is super young you know there's veteran players are like, I don't know, 24 max, 25. They've only been in the league for a
1: couple of years. Yeah,
0: right. So then I think this is a very young team that in general has that competitive edge when they have to step up. And I was really proud to see
1: that. Well, like you mentioned earlier, you know, the team did decide to part ways with head coach Vic Fangio. News broke Sunday morning about that. What were your, you know, overall thoughts just on that decision, Rebecca?
0: Yeah, well, I felt like it was the right move I appreciated how they waited till the end of the year. I think it wasn't a good time to change things before that. I knew a lot of the fans were looking for that. I was more looking for that on the offensive side, but I really appreciate the work that Vic Fangio does. I was like in my dreams, hoping that in a way like George Payton can manage for him to stay as a defensive coordinator. Cause I honestly think he's really good at being the mind of the defense on any team. And I'm pretty sure he's going to get a job really fast. Um, Obviously, I'm not happy for him in the sense that uh, I feel sorry that, you know, he has to start through this process, but in the best interest of the team, I really think it was the best decision. I'm glad they did it early. I even was expecting it for them to do it till Monday, you know, because of like Black Monday, or I don't know how you guys call it, right? Exactly. The fact that, yeah, the fact that it was on Sunday and that they were going to start you know, searching for the next head coach, I appreciated that not only as like a person that roots for the Broncos, but you know, as a person that also works for the Broncos, we know that we're heading into the right direction. Mm-hmm. And just as a human being too. Right. right. Yeah, cause it's like, if you see the players, it's so tough. And also like, you could tell they really care about big fando they, yeah. That's also like the hard part of it, you know, and Shelby Harris was tweeting about him and defending him. And I understand all of that. So I know it wasn't an easy decision. It wasn't easy to live with it, even for the players. But, you know, this is a business and it's a hard business. So I do think it was the right decision.
1: Well, I know you've been b- busy the past couple of days and, you know, this weekend. But, you know, there's been a ton of reported candidates already, you know, that George Payton and company have been interviewing over the past week. Uh, who have you really heard about and who do you like for this <laughs>
0: Honestly, I haven't read a lot about who they, I know there's still like 10 candidates. I know that. Right, there's a ton. I know. Um, I think Dan Quinn is around there. So I know it's a big list. I'm pretty sure he's going to do a good job of uh, choosing. He, he's a smart guy. And I know even though he's the general manager, he's going to get support from Joe Ellis and John Elway. And um Maybe even take account some of the players. We know that some of the teams do that, you know, like Green Bay Packers take into account who Aaron Rodgers wants to work with. We we know that like the future at quarterback is not really set for us, but maybe even ask some of the veteran players how they feel about certain coaches or candidates. I think uh, I'm excited to see who they're going to choose. I think this is like the beginning of a new era for the Broncos more than Georges Payton hiring. Like this is where things are really going to start to work out, where we're going to get a new coach, and I'm sure we're going to get a quarterback in the offseason, and then we can just work with what we have to change that and start
1: showing up in the play, in the playoffs. With a ton of guys interviewing for a bunch of different jobs right now, why do you think really this head coaching position here with the Broncos might be so attractive for some of those candidates to choose over maybe some other teams? Right. Well, I think
0: it's for a couple of reasons. Of course, the Broncos are a historic team in the NFL. They have a very important pedigree, I would say. So, you know, you're working for like a serious uh, team. And what we've talked about already, like all the talent that this team has, uh, Denver is a great community. It's a great state to live in. So I think it's a very... um, How would you say this in English? Yeah, it's like a place you would want to go just because there's so many things attractive about this team. It's not an organization that is constantly involved in like drama or chaos or bad ownership. Uh, This team has a
1: tradition of winning, and that's the expectation. Rebecca, so appreciate your analysis of the season and your thoughts as the team starts to search for a new head coach. wanting to switch gears just a little bit here and discuss your work within the NFL. As many of my listeners know here on the snap, one of my main goals is to highlight women's impact in and around the NFL. So Rebecca, to start, you know, what is your current role with ESPN entail? Yes.
0: So I am a play-by-play for college football. During the national championship, I was a sideline reporter and I was a sideline reporter also for um the Chiefs and Broncos game yeah. so basically I'm uh, kind of do a little bit of everything I also do analysis for NFL I do like two videos a week where I just talk about on Tuesdays about like certain topics that I feel are relevant and then on Thursday I do a video just talking about the games that I wouldn't miss during this week it's called the three imperdibles the three games that you cannot not watch um basically that's it uh I also do tennis and I also do I'm gonna start doing basketball so maybe next season I'm gonna start doing play-by-play for the WNBA which I'm really excited about. oh that's awesome congratulations on that thank you yes I'm excited I have to study a lot but I'm excited that'll be really really fun yeah I appreciate because uh, ESPN is trying to involve more women in women's sports as well So that's kind of like the effort that we're doing now with this WNBA
1: uh, opportunity. Right. How did you land this role with ESPN, Rebecca? Can you kind of walk me through the path that led you to where you got to today? Yeah,
0: well, it's a very long story, but I'm gonna make it really short. So I always loved football. Um, I fell in love with football when I was about eight years old. I watched Remember the Titans, and I was very involved in community work. My family has always been. So that was a movie that really impacted me because it had like this content of community and uh, how young people can impact. And then also the other side of like sports. So I fell in love with football in Mexico. There's a lot of football. People don't know this, but we have a lot of college football, uh, youth football. And so I also started playing flag football when I was about 16. That made me grow more in my head. and started to understand football more from the inside as a player. Uh, And then when I started in college, I got invited to do analysis for the broadcast from our college team. And then they put me as a play-by-play. So that's when I really fell in love with it. I knew this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And after that, I prepared myself. I did everything basically from like camera woman to go get tacos to... uh, (laughs) Uh, just about anything that would get me near to an opportunity. After about four years of doing that uh, ESPN called, and they were interested in me, it took about two years of castings for me to get into ESPN. Oh. And I started wa- working with ESPN Mexico more as a presenter and a reporter. I used to do, like I said, tennis and NFL Live. That was like my studio show. Right. Um, and then after that, I got hired by Deportes, which is the... Uh, US ESPN, mm-hmm. but content for Latin America and Latin communities in the US. And that was last year, about a year ago, exactly. And they gave me this new opportunities of starting doing play-by-play, and then of course, sideline reporting. So this has been a journey for me for about maybe 10 years, um, but I've been with ESPN. I'm going to start with my fifth year now in January. Wow.
1: Oh. Looking back, did you ever think, you know, you'd be where you're at now five years already with the ESPN? That's pretty incredible. Uh, no,
0: honestly, like I was at the college yeah. uh, championship game and I was like 10 years ago, I was broadcasting for my university. I had no information. I studied on my own. I would sit with the players and just try to talk to them to get information that I could right. use during the broadcast. Right. And then 10 years later, it didn't even cross my mind at that time. I'm standing here at the Alabama-Georgia game (laughs) doing (laughs) sideline reporting. Uh, So no, it wasn't that clear on my mind. I didn't really expect to do all of these things. I did expect, and I did want to, uh, and I still want to be like the reference of uh, football in Mexico and Latin America as a woman. And I want to set an example of how to do broadcasting differently from what I had seen, because I didn't really identify myself with any other woman that I used to see on TV. So I set myself that goal to be that one person that I didn't see so that other girls could also, um, you know, think of doing this and dreaming of doing this without losing themselves or without, uh, I don't know, sacrificing their intelligence and their personality
1: and all that stuff that sometimes I saw on TV. For those in Broncos country who don't know, I mean, Rebecca, you're also one of the hosts for Entre Amigos, you know, one of the other podcasts here on the Broncos Podcast Network. Now, how's that been going for you? And can you kind of talk about how you got started in our Spanish content team here? Sure, Uh, that was so random. So
0: this person sent an email. I didn't know Alejandro, so he just sent an email. Uh, You can find my email in my Instagram. So he sent me an email saying that the Broncos were looking for someone to uh, add to their content team and they were looking for a woman. So this guy thought of me because I'm in the flag football national team. He didn't even know I was working in ESPN. Like he thought about a girl that, you know, knew sports because she played flag football and he thought of me. Mm -hmm. So he sent that email asking me if he could give my contact to Marisol Villagomez, which is, in charge of marketing and of course of this project as well in Broncos and Espanol. And she sent me an email. She was like, Hey, we're interested. And I was like, sure. She was like, let's have a conversation. Okay. We had a zoom kind of like this one. She explained everything to me like in 30 minutes and that was it. Basically I started working with the Broncos about two seasons ago. Um, And it's just been really fun. Honestly, I wasn't a Broncos fan when (laughs) Marisol hired me. Right. Um, But once you get to know the people and know who you're working for and know the purpose of the organization and the team, you start to realize that you really are rooting for the team. So now I can authentically say that I am a Broncos fan, a Broncos fanatico, um, and I enjoy it a lot. We do the podcast once a week on Mondays. I love Victor and Carlos. Uh, The conversation has become so interesting. Sometimes we're like brother and sister, Victor and I, and we fight and we discuss and we tease each other So I really enjoy my
1: Mondays uh, with the Broncos, and I'm very proud of being part of this team. Well, I know this past December, I mean, the Broncos, they were awarded an international home market area in Mexico. You know, for some of my listeners who might not know, that means the Broncos, they're going to have access to marketing, fan engagement, commercialization, you know, within Mexico as part of, you know, a league initiative to get more fan growth, you know, internationally. What does that mean to you, Rebecca, you know, in hopes that maybe the Broncos could play a game in Mexico in, you know, coming years? Well, yeah, that means, uh, well, excitement, of course, but in general,
0: more work for me. (laughs) (laughs) Because since this process started, I've been doing translations and press conferences and uh, recording uh, voiceovers. And so all of that means uh, more work for me, obviously, but I'm very happy to be part of this. It's part of the reason why I'm kind of in love with this team. Like, I know how authentic their uh, interest in Mexico and Latin America is. They really do appreciate their fan base. They really want to get connected to their fan base, and I can tell because I'm like inside, and, and I'm a Latina. I appreciate the effort that they do. That it's so authentic. Of course, Marisol has uh, a big part to do with that, and. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. That means that we're going to start working with Mexico fans. They're going to start working in the community, um, helping out the youth in the sport. So I'm excited. That's what excites me the most, the things that we can do with the fan base. And then of course, all of the commercialization of like t-shirts and hats and (laughs) maybe getting the team down here at some point, that would be the best thing ever. Uh, I hope we get to do it even if it's as visitors because there's like a a contract with Empower Field that we can't play as locals outside of the stadium for about five years, I guess, it's something like that. So then uh, we'll have to come as visitors in some period between those five years. But I know the team wants to, and I know the fans will be very, very excited. So I'm very happy to be part of this project and uh, help the connection between Latin America and a team that really cares about this community.
1: Well, I hope you're right, Rebecca. It would be so fun and so exciting to go down there and visit Mexico. Rebecca, it was such a pleasure having you on the SNAP today and so fun getting to talk to you again. Yeah, no, thank you so much for the invitation. Hope it's not the last
0: time that we see each other through the screen, but especially not the last time we see each other in
1: person. It was so nice to meet you in the Chiefs and Broncos game, and I hope you come to Mexico and visit soon. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of The Snap. Thanks for tuning in, Broncos Country, and another thank you to Rebecca Landa for joining me this week. To stay up to date on The Snap's latest episodes, make sure to follow the Broncos Podcast Network on Twitter and the Broncos YouTube channel. I'll see you all next time.